and welcome to this week's episode of Please Watch This. It's a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all decide who has better taste. My name is Hugh Dempsey and I am joined as always by Sam Blakely. Hello, Sam. Hello, Hugh. Hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. Yeah, indeed. How are you? Uh, not so bad. It's half term, so I'm uh, officially relaxed. Had a bath oh, is it today. Half-term? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I didn't been the longest. I thought it was um, next week. It's been the longest half term of my life because it's all been entirely iPad based slash yeah. tablet. We're not we're not sponsored as yet by Apple. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Just in case Windows Surface users are listening, <laughs> or whatever Samsung Kindle has. Fires and uh... yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could remote teach over Kindle Fire. Uh, yeah, so that's been it. I mean, between a between a, a toothache, lots of marking, and remote learning, I am just about done with this week. <laughs> but half Fair, Fair enough. I'm feeling full of painkillers, so I'm good to go. How how's your week been there, Hugh? Yeah, it's been pretty quiet. It's quite cold, isn't it, at the minute? It's been, it is uh... so cold. I were, I'd never had this before. There's a thing called a condensate pipe that comes off the boiler. That, and it, and yeah, it froze. they can freeze. Yeah, it froze. <laughs> and, Did uh, yours freeze? Like it froze, yeah. Oh, and dear. I couldn't, uh, neither me nor Nick could find it. Um, so a guy came around this morning, uh, not a guy, just you know, like a proper boiler engineer type uh, plumber. <laughs> not just like, all right, mate, all right, <laughs> he just, mate. What he just you immediately want me to... <laughs> saw it in the garden and went, oh yeah, there it is. And he just like pulled off the end of the pipe and it started running with water. And I thought, I just felt so bad for calling him out. He must have done 50 calls this morning just going and pulling bits of pipe off. Hey, uh, look. I've never you, had it happen what you before. Call, what you, you know, what you call an embarrassing moment of uh, frozen pipery, <laughs> he calls 50 quid in the back pocket. <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. For 30 made a fortune that day. <laughs> Idiots like you. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not, I've, know, I've also, it's funny you mention, I've also had boiler problems. My boiler pressure keeps dropping down. I think there's a leak in it. Oh dear. And it wasn't going back up yesterday, so I had, so I frantically called my dad, and he was no help. So I ended up. Uh, we just opened up. The, there's like two little taps, and I just left them open for about ten minutes. Doesn't it make you feel like checked. such a man when you do? The pressure was, was like backup. <laughs> but when no, you hear it, it makes me feel useless when like... I can't fix it. As for me, I you know I, I tell everyone right, get out of the room. Uh, we had this with our boiler at the old place. Yeah, he often did that. So there's two taps, turn them, turn them, and it, oh, you're aware of it. it leaks. Yeah. A proper proper man now, and um, man I'm now. sort of like a man, but also like the mum in Tom and Jerry, like stood on a chair, being really scared because I'm just like, if this goes <laughs> wrong, the, 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 this line of houses is goes flat. <laughs> That's what I mean. This, <laughs> this can go very wrong. <laughs> yeah. That is true, but I've also managed to watch other films on top of Me too. Uh, on top of the film we've watched this week. Because you mentioned off air that you just never watch any other films other than the film that we have to watch for the podcast. Yeah, FIFA so is taking over my evenings. Last Saturday, I decided not to play FIFA, so I didn't hate myself and instead watched the trial of the Chicago Seven. What did you watch this yeah. week? So I watched Greenland, which I saw got good reviews in a couple of places, which was okay. I didn't mind it. I watched... It looks like uh, standard sort of Gerard Butler fare uh, of the last 10 well, years. Well, he's, yeah, he's in a lot of those disaster movies, isn't he? He's a better agent, doesn't he? Because he could be in good films. He's, a good, he's, not, he's not the best actor, but he's not the worst either. Yeah. That's, he's, uh, he's getting on a bit now, though, isn't he? He's, uh, he's, so, well, that's he's it. He feels too young to be... in this film. Oh, really? A good film, yeah, though? but then like, I think that could be the character. Sorry, is it just good? Good like 
a father trying to protect his kid in a disaster movie type film. Is it possible? Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, it was they had a it had a level of earnestness to it that you rarely find in a disaster movie that made mm. it feel a bit more realistic. And there's some good there were some good disaster movie scenes in it. There's a good bit uh, with a plane and some fuel explodes. And there's actually two of the best scenes are in planes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen the trailer a few times. I imagine I've seen a lot of the good stuff already. Um, yeah, but there's there's some like there's a there's an there's like an interesting little side plot that kind of has a bit more emotion to it than your standard fare when it comes to this genre. So yeah, I was pleasant. I was pleasantly surprised by how it wasn't bad because <laughs> these Classic films tend to be bad. And then I watched The Dig. With Ralph Fiennes and Ralph Fiennes again. Here we go. It's what's it's not Rafe. Rafe is R A I F. That's an actual spelling. Tell Rafe Fiennes this. That's how he. I'm that's telling how, Ralph. Fiennes that's how the this. world has pronounced it for thirty years. Whatever, mate. <laughs> I've heard people call him Ralph. That's it's it's pronounced spelt Ralph. That you know. Anyway, I'm not arguing about it. Whatever, <laughs> Mister Fiennes was in this film, uh, and he plays a, an excavator of the Sutton Who. Uh, treasure hoard uh, in uh, 1939 and it's got Carey Mulligan in it and who else uh, Lily Collins or Lily, Lily James oh yeah Lily James was in it yeah uh, yeah it was good it was a good film is it um, like funny dramatic what kind of vibe uh, it's kind of like um, dramatic but like it's kind of low key it's more about this like it's about the dig and all the the hoopla around it and because this guy's technically he's not an archaeologist he's just he just got taught how to excavate ancient like you know um he got taught the skills but doesn't have the qualifications right sort of thing and that's like um, you and your medical stuff isn't it surgery and the like (laughs) (laughs) yeah my backstreet barbary (laughs) yeah um so yeah, it was good. It's a good film. It's got like good little subplots in it and all that, which I quite liked. And then this afternoon, after I watched Vanilla Sky, I watched pretty much straight after I watched uh, the News of the World or News of the World with Tom Hanks in. Huh. Oh yeah, the new news. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, uh, which I enjoyed. It was a good film. Um, he's basically a man who set back five years after the American Civil War and. He's going around Texas reading newspapers to crowds to give them the news of the world. And he's travelling between one of the towns. He comes across this little girl, but she had been um, abducted by Indians and been living with Indians. And she was from a German family who had been basically murdered by the Indians. So the Indians get murdered themselves. This little girl survives that. So she's basically like orphaned twice. And he tries to, and he basically, it's his like, their trials and tribulations trying to get her back to her because she's got an aunt and an uncle uh, somewhere in the south of um, Texas somewhere. It looks, um, and I'm basing this just on the post. It, it looks like a really sort of generic standard Tom Hanks film of the last 10 years uh, Um, produced by Steven Spielberg um, and everyone forgets it existed yeah it's directed by Paul Greengrass who did like I think think he did um, some of the Bourne films Mm -hmm. and did a couple of others that I can't think offhand. but yeah it was probably the best of the three because it's got some really good tension in it at certain points which I really enjoyed um yeah, and it was quite it was quite enjoyable. There's Some, a good scene in the middle, that's uh, good 
good, good, good intense. But we're not here to talk about any of them. It's about the fact we've talked about it for nearly eight minutes. Um, <laughs> we're here to talk about the 2001 Tom Cruise vehicle, uh, Vanilla Sky, directed by Cameron Crowe, based on the uh, Spanish 1997 film Open Your Eyes, or um, I don't know how you say it in Spanish. How do you say Abre it in Spanish? Los ojos. That's it. Oh, is it ojos? Is that ojos, how you say it? Yeah. I got the abre a bit, but not the uh, I don't know, ojos. Sp- abre yeah. les ojos, los ojos, los, los ojos. Yeah, and um, yes. So it was. So technically, it was written by uh, the director and the writer of that film, and also the director of this film. Uh, so Alejandro uh, Amenabar and Matteo Gill were the two writers for that film. Um, it's the two. The link. The thing that other than premise that links the two films is uh, Penelope Cruz basically plays the same character in both films uh, a lady called Sophia and the other stars are uh, Cameron Diaz who plays the other love interest uh, Julia Gianni and then you've got Kurt Russell who plays the psychologist McCabe you've got Jason Lee his best friend Kurt Russell's yeah. got a bit of a rep as being like quite a corny action he's a really good actor <laughs> he's he great. is isn't he <laughs> yeah you've got Jason Lee in there as well as the um, best friend Cro- Brian best friend yeah, quirky best friend who's a writer, and then you've got Timothy Spall who plays his like family lawyer, and also, but he's two other actors are in it. T- Tilda Swinton's in it for yeah. like basically a cameo, and um, I think the guard is played by Michael Shannon. It's, he's not even it's, credited. It's wall to wall. He's not credited. Michael Shannon. No, no, no. He is credited, but not on the main credits. I see. Like That's the mad. guy who plays. Leonard in the Big Bang gets yeah Johnny Galecki. It is wall to wall recognizable faces. I was kind of like, okay, so w- at what point does this character turn out to be an FBI agent? Because that's quite a big actor, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's yeah. recognizable. Yeah, like Tilda Swinton as well. She was forty when this film was made. You're joking, really? Yeah, oh. she she barely looks at ever thirty, does she? Yeah. I was she's a bit ageless that. actually, isn't she? Because she she's is. got that alien that quality to her. The androgyny and the alien qualities. The David Bowie, yeah. the David Bowie aspects. Yes, yeah. she does look a bit like David Bowie, don't she? That's a, that's a very fair point. So yeah, um, would you like to know the plot of this film, Sam? Love to, love to. I didn't follow it. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so we are spoilerific. Uh, obviously, it's full of twists and turns. Yeah. Well, I'll give like a synopsis. I won't give a synopsis. I'll give us like a quick summary. So basically, uh, Tom Cruise plays a David Ames. He's this rich uh, publishing magnate, um, and he's got a girlfriend. Or he's got a friend called Julie, who's a bit obsessed with him. They're, they sleep together, but he just wants to stay casual. He's a bit of a he's a casual guy when it comes to love and affairs and all this. He's never been married or anything, and then. One day for his birthday party, his best friend um, Jason Lee Bryan turns up with this girl called Sophia. Him and Sophia really hit it off. He ends up spending all night with Sophia, but doesn't go. They go, goes back to her place, but doesn't sleep with her. And yeah, it looks like you know he's found his true love in life, and you know that's kind of the inference. And as he's leaving, uh, Cameron Diaz's character uh, Julie turns up and basically confesses her undying love for him, uh, whilst they're both in a she's driving a car and unfortunately um, because she's so upset and she kind of realises she's losing him uh, she drives the car off a bridge into a wall at about 80 miles an hour she dies and he's horribly disfigured so it's pretty standard standard dramatic (laughs) stuff up to that point isn't it you would say Mm. and so the next maybe like the middle I suppose the second act of him coming to terms with how he looks and trying to you know 
try and get his face reconstructed and all this sort of nonsense. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's horribly scarred and he's, you know, deformed and he basically makes a bit of an arse of himself. He finally gets the courage to ask Ju- uh, ask um, Sophia out on a date um, or out to a club, you know, for a night out. And she come, she turns up and so does uh, Brian because uh, Sophia asked Brian to go, you know, kind of as a chaperone sort of thing, because she's a bit, she's not sure what to make of how he is and how he's behaving. And yeah, and he makes a bit of an arse of himself because he's feeling sorry for himself. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, he wakes up on the sidewalk or the the pavement and Sophia's there. And then all of a sudden there's a, a happy blooming romance and out of nowhere the doctors who couldn't fix his face five minutes before have suddenly found a miracle cure to make his face back to how he was before the accident and then things start to go a little bit awry don't they things don't quite seem to be what they you are can say that. and yeah um, and people seem to swap swap bodies almost <laughs> you could say as well <laughs> you know um, and that's as much as I'll give about it before we go into spoilers which I'm about to do anyway so yeah that's kind I of I mean like, that is at least an hour into the film all that uh, so yeah but that's well, they're, they're the, a couple they're, of reels basically boy meets girl boy's crazy ex-girlfriend or drives them friend with benefits yeah tries to kill boy uh, it's a timeless <laughs> you know, love story boy horribly disfigured Boy falls in love with girl. Um, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but but that's the dramatic driver of the plot that ends up being to the to the you know to the the, the big reveal or the plot twist of this film. You know, um, what do you like it? So do you want, so what? I, so yeah, what I liked about this, film, I've pretty much put it down into maybe one or two points, and I I really do like the plot twist in this film. I really think it's it's. It's quite cl- yeah, not clever, maybe. I mean, I saw it when I was like eighteen, so at eighteen, I thought it was clever. <laughs> uh, maybe it's aged. Maybe it hasn't aged as well as it could have. But you're just not. You don't even the change in the the film is so subtle that you don't even notice it. Um, I think I only noticed it the second time I watched it when I was like, oh yeah, that does. There is a change there. And I think that plot twist is really good. I really enjoy it. I really like the way. The film constructs around it, and then it it works into it, and then the the main character's kind of almost there's a glitch in whatever's happened to him, and he's kind of fighting against his own lucid dream, as they keep calling it, um, which I quite like. Um, the cinematography is great in this film. You know, the Vanilla Sky is gorgeous. You know, let's face it, that is a very beautiful. There's some some amazing shots of like Times Square empty and streets being empty. They're all yeah. Really cool. I've got I've got vague memories of that being you know like the most expensive shot and all this sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, you know these are these are not something I've I've chased up just as the recommender. I don't really like to look into it. Um, maybe you can tell us. A bit would you about like that. yeah? Would you, you like a bit of the trivia? Yeah, if you mind, yeah. Uh, long story short, they got permission to film for three hours in Times Square on a Sunday morning in the early hours. And basically what you don't see in those shots in Times Square are um, like the police barricades holding the traffic back and, and people walking. But yeah, they did something similar with uh, I Am Legend and they, yeah, that's how true. they got some of the, the shots. It has kind of 28 film. Days Later vibes as well, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's, it's in the kind of witching hour, well, maybe not the witching hour, but, you know, early dawn. Well, they did something some similar, didn't they, in 28 Hours Later. they yeah. um, Days Later. Sorry, 28 Days Later. They uh, 
they just did it really early in the morning because they filmed it all on digital. They just brightened it up to make it look like the middle of the day. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, so the cinematography is great in this. Um, Tom Cruise losing his shit. You know, we all know Tom Cruise is a bit mental. <laughs> That's a technical term. <laughs> it's good to have it confirmed so, on screen. Yes, there is scenes in this where he's, um, you know, the bit where they're talking about the prosthetic mask that they give him and he's like oh for a moment there I thought we were talking about a fucking mask (laughs) you know he goes a bit I always like a bit of crazy Tom Cruise Um, further to Tom Cruise you've got uh, Tom Cruise's hair you know I think this this might possibly be the best Tom Cruise hair. I think we'll have to have a debate I'd love to see your later. league table of Tom Cruise hair films. Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's, there's, they debate it. Do you know where they debate it a lot? On the Weekly Planet. <laughs> That's where I've got all this from. There's like, they talk about it a lot. I thought his best hair was, uh, I think it's Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible. You haven't seen Magnolia, have you? You haven't seen Magnolia. I've seen, I've seen bits of Magnolia. Have I've you seen his hair in Magnolia? I've, it's like the top knot, isn't it? He's got a bit of a top yeah, knot thing it's, going it's on. Yeah, it's very... I mean, it's... it's it's not quite Last Samurai, really. but it's yeah, it's a bit no. different to this. I do, I do agree. This is probably best Tom Cruise hair. Yeah, it could be best Tom Cruise hair, but it's it's good Tom Cruise hair. Let's face it, floppy and Tom Cruise. Basically, basically Tom Cruise's hair is um, is a character. <laughs> it it gets third billing. Well. It does, it does. <laughs> um, and yeah, Kurt Russell is low-key, low-key great in this. Quite honestly, as with, you mentioned, with up all top. of his jaw, the whole jaw, yeah. <laughs> yeah. somehow fits it. Yeah, in yeah. He's like the bit at the end when he's like asked if he knows his daughter's name. And he's like, "I know I'm real," <laughs> you know. And he's got freaking out. Um, so, what you might not like about this film, maybe, maybe. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think the dialogue in this film is very good. That's. You know, this for me, I'll be honest, this probably isn't a 10 out of 10 film. I like it because of the world it creates rather than sort of the story around it. Like, I think it's hard to kind of... I, I imagine you might have found it hard to sympathise with a disfigured multimillionaire or billionaire. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh no, he, he'll have to buy expensive hats. You know, and, and ultimately, like, in the story, the girl... Like we might, I might, we might keep the spoiler. Actually, I might ask you at the after, yeah, let's break. Do after the break. But, but the girl who, who he is in love with, uh, Penelope Cruz's character, there might have been something there between them. You know, she's still, she's not completely freaked out by his face when she sees him. Um, you know, I think he just makes an ass of himself. He might, may, he might have been able to recover that relationship. I, th- I think. He maybe the character maybe doesn't make enough of an effort to to recover that relationship. Um, it often yeah. seems weird, doesn't it? Where yeah, that it, it, clearly it's a it's a bigger issue for him than it is for her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's de- yeah, because it's like when they're saying, "Oh, we can do something about your arm," and he's like, "Oh, fuck my arm." Yeah, yeah. So it's hard. It is hard to have sympathy for this character. He's not. I think he was played to be not that likable, but. Kind, he's not likable, but he is, and I don't think the he's, audience finds him like lovable. A, he's a he's a first act he's, Tony Stark, isn't he? You know, he's a playboy, yeah. million, oh, yeah. millionaire who you don't hate, but he's a bit swarmy it's, and charming. Yeah, I, I think there's enough charm there for her to fall in love with him, if that makes sense. Like, I can see how that would work, and you can see why he doesn't like Cameron Diaz's characters. You know, like um, Todd. 
told, not told. Brian describes him, you know, as his perfect woman. But for Tom Cruise's character, she's too much of like, you know, these kind of stuck-up rich girls that I'd think he doesn't like. You know, that kind of way. Mm. He clearly doesn't. He might like sleeping with her. He might like the way she looks, but he doesn't like her. So he's got enough sort of character to know what what's what he likes and I think you know I think there is that s- the simplicity of her, who she is she's not a simple person but like her she's you know she's from a humble background I think he quite likes that um, so, yeah. yeah maybe you might have been a bit bored by the film um, it's two and a bit hours long you might have drifted in and out you might like I said sympathy might not have been there um, but yeah I think I think for you this is probably maybe a six or a seven I don't think it's anything more than that I think you may, maybe you might have found the plot twist a bit derivative at this stage, but when I saw it years ago, it wasn't. It seemed quite relatively fresh and interesting. But Sam, because we've been, I've been rambling on now for twenty minutes, pretty much. We're going to have a break. And we're going to find out. So join us after the break and uh, see what Sam thinks. Oh, get, we're going to get Sam's opinions. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to get Sam's opinions. It's the closest. We're going to get Sam's opinions on Vanilla Sky. Almost wordplay. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. So now what we're going to do, as I mentioned before the break, is we're going to have uh, Sam's opinions on Vanilla Sky. Now, Sam, I want to ask you two questions before we go into what you thought of this film. The first question, because our listeners might not have listened to last week's film. What was your... What did you know about this film before you saw it? What was your... Because I know we did this last week, but not everyone listens to every week. I don't believe that. I might not have actually known what you knew about this film. (laughs) (laughs) There's rats. Yeah. Uh, Probably does does happen. I I knew nothing about this film. I I knew, because we discussed it, that it was based on that Spanish film. And all I remember from the trailer was him kind of running to the edge of a building uh, and looking down. And I I Mm. knew it was going to be dreamy, but I didn't... I had no concept of any characters, any plot points... uh, anything at all which I think was I always think is the best way to watch a film Uh, yeah did I mention last week that it had like a big no thank god I I, 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 you know that's the worst thing to know before I get into a film oh this has got a plot twist (laughs) yeah oh right so you didn't know that so when you were so whilst you were watching it that you weren't you weren't were you not expect were you like oh my god what's he recommended me here (laughs) you must have been like this is pretty pedestrian (laughs) not really not really that because, because actually, one thing that I don't think came across in the synopsis was that a lot of it's told in retrospect, isn't it? Because a lot of it's told uh, in talking to Kurt Russell's uh, character. So you're kind of like, he seems like he's in custody and he's trying to explain yeah. his actions. I wonder what the crime is. I wonder... It's also a really strange room they're in. It's not necessarily a prison. It's not necessarily a psychiatric ward. It's yeah. kind of go, okay, what, what is this really? Um, oh, so right. no, I was pleasantly surprised That's that good. I didn't know anything So that means about there it. was some suspense then whilst you were watching it, waiting yeah. for sort of... The weirdness to begin, I guess. Yeah, and the film the film tells you to expect some twists, but I didn't know there was one big reveal. Yeah, sort of and thing. then my second question uh, is so because we managed to not speak about it in the first half of the, of the podcast, which I'm quite proud of. What did you think of the big twist of the film? Then hmm. what, did it come Let's out? Then so did it come out of left you know, field for you? Listeners, if obviously if you've not seen the film, this is the the point to either just say, "Well, I don't care about spoilers," or to go and watch it. Yeah. Um, I was 
I was surprised by what the actual twist was. Yeah. But I feel I feel like this was a what I've got in my notes is it's a head fuck but it's manageable. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. I felt I felt quite good watching it because I knew that it was kind of challenging me to keep up but that I did keep up. Yeah. I think one of the big mistakes of the film is that it's called Vanilla Sky and the reason why I say that is because so the moment when he when it switches and he's you know lying on the floor and she comes to him in the morning I knew exactly that that was a dream sequence but I thought I was supposed to know that because the sky looks like the vanilla sky you know and I'm like well it's called vanilla sky so I'm supposed to I'm supposed to know that that and it looks so dreamy and so you noticed you know, he just that was, something was off at that point then yeah because it because it had the same like color something filter or whatever that it had when he was dreaming in the in the park and right. I thought you were supposed to know that and then it just continued and continued and I thought okay so at some point this dream's gonna he's gonna wake up from this dream it's going too well mm. um, and obviously when you know you watch a lot of films like we do and you kind of understand and I'm sure it wasn't that that well hidden really that that was dreamy yeah really you know like you, like the, just the sky being what it is and the colour something I want to use I want to use the word saturation or gradient. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, about there is it. like a filter. There's like a brightness filter, isn't there? Everything seems a bit yeah. It's more, dreamy. Yeah, iridescent maybe. Iridescence could, could have been be it. And then also, she's not like, oh well, you embarrassed yourself last night. It's not very realistic. It's not very real. And then, like you say, things like his face is fixed. So I'm sort of just waiting for him to wake up, but it's going on for dozens of minutes. And so, yeah. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. He's not waking up from this. I know that it's going to somehow unravel but actually the mechanism of that I didn't expect obviously it's a, it's a weirdly trying to tell you about this Benny the dog over and over again and this uh, yeah. this whole thing what do they call it? LE life life extension yeah. extension you know but actually I, maybe I'm stupid that I didn't make that connection um, so I was surprised by the actual mechanics of the twist but not by the fact that it was a it was basically a dream from that point right okay oh, fair enough fair enough it, I must admit it caught me off God. I mean, I did. I think the first time I watched it, I did notice the colour gradient had changed when I didn't realise it was the same as what he was seeing when he was dreaming, like in the park when he was when he was talking to Sophia there and things like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they do kind of spell it out a couple of times. Don't they? I mean, they literally have a, a scene where he's watching... Benny the dog, a dog that was a frozen in an ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do feel stupid for not having made that connection because you kind of go, well, this, what is... I, Why I would they show you that? that he would, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I didn't see that as being the twist that he'd already done that so much as I thought maybe he was going to do that, um, you know, at some point right. for whatever reason. But I have to say, to kind of stick to our normal formula, yeah, so what I, did liked, you, I did really what, like. I liked a lot of aspects of this film. It was way better than I expected, I have to be honest. I, what's the podcast you like? Is it is it Truth and Lies or Little White Lies? What's it called? Oh, I, I haven't listened to it in ages. It was called... But the rating system that you like. Yeah, it, they, they, it's Little White Lies. And so they've got anticipation. They do basically they do three ratings. They do um, out of five for each. They do out of five for anticipation. Uh, out of five for your it's actual like enjoyment. enjoyment yeah. yeah. And then f- another five out of five for... Um, what you think about it retrospectively because sometimes yeah, so like you know you can go yeah a few days later or a couple of days later like how do you feel about it now sort of thing because you can go see yeah. a film in the cinema and really enjoy it and then you might watch it a year later in the you know on TV and it'd be like oh I don't remember it being this rubbish <laughs> yeah exactly or, or if it's a 
if it's a clever film after a few weeks you go actually that wasn't very clever so if it's like mm. a twist that you feel like you should have anticipated but then again you know <laughs> if I didn't anticipate it it's no good me saying in retrospect oh I, I it was it was a bad twist because you go well you didn't anticipate it um so I think for me like I, I won't get into the specifics of my actual rating but my anticipation was quite low I thought it was going to yeah. be pretty just normal a bit rubbish or whatever my actual enjoyment was a lot higher than my anticipation and then after a day it's gone down by maybe one or a half or something like that but it's still it's still very strong um the soundtrack I really like it's it's so of its time yeah, in good and bad ways good, yeah, even yeah. down to having Jason Lee as the quirky best friend it, I mean yeah. if a film's going <laughs> to open with Radiohead then I'm on board you know it's like when Upgrade started with um, Howling Wolf uh, it's yeah. kind of like I'm on board with it <laughs> yeah I thought you, you know, might like the soundtrack or I knew it yeah. was it's definitely adds I remember watching it and thinking today I was like watching it going oh man this yeah, this film is 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. how has it I was been really 20 years that it, since that time? I was really surprised that it didn't end with Google, uh, Iris by Google, Do- Google Dolls. You know, like, that would have oh, been I don't so... I, I might not, and I'm, I don't want the world to see me, because I don't think oh, they yeah. understand. It's so, mm, like, yeah. that kind of sound. What song does it... Oh, like, it ends with the song Vanilla Sky, doesn't it? Oh, that's right, yeah. But I do, yeah. I do think the name of the film Vanilla Sky makes it more intriguing than Open Your Eyes but it does kind of ruin it a little bit in, in yeah. that sense. But it's really of the time, you know, it's got like... If it was me, I would have called it Open Your Eyes because obviously the yeah. Spanish one... I mean, I wouldn't have made it because there's a Spanish version that's just as good, if not better. That's called Open Your Eyes, yeah. Well, that's it because I know that when you first recommended it to me, it was going to be a bit of a double feature um, and we thought, oh, screw it, we'll just go with the, uh, we'll go with the Tom, Cruise, Tom Cruise one. He doesn't blink, by the way. Doesn't I was, I was, I noticed in the, in the first couple of scenes, I was like, right, I've not seen him blink yet. He doesn't blink, other than when he's being Hugh Grant and foppish and and trying to be charming. Oh, well, He'll well, like well, blink well, and look well, down. I, 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 but he does oops, not. Daisy. He does not blink. Really? <laughs> it's, it's like he's like a T one hundred T one thousand. Maybe that's part of his intensity thing. I think that's it, and and it's it's really as soon as you notice, you go, well, he's clearly a Thetan alien thing <laughs> <laughs> who's trying to be a human. I mean, this is probably the closest that. Tom Cruise has probably played to himself, I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, I, there's a few like aspects of this film that I do find a little bit funny. He's like, I was 33. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you look great, but you don't look 33. <laughs> he, he was, I think he was like, 30, to be fair, I think he was like 39 when he made this. So he wasn't a million miles He is off. someone who tends to look five or ten years younger than he is, doesn't he? But yeah. he, um, it, there's a lot of, there's a bit of Patrick Bateman vibes to him he's somewhere between kind of like <laughs> there's an uh, bruce bruce wayne patrick bateman tony stark you know there's a there's a creepy intensity it's the dead behind the eyes look isn't it that tom cruise has <laughs> and this like artificial charm. psychopathy yeah but i i did find him a likable character not as quippy as you know some of those other people i mentioned but kind of like yeah not not completely dislikable considering i tend to take offence at somebody who's yeah. sort of born into wealth and that sort of thing. For some reason, I did, I did find myself rooting for him to keep this his daddy's company with <laughs> these people who've actually earned it. And all yeah. this. Partly because that's Tim Spall. Timothy Spall is a wonderful actor, so yeah. I'm like, well, whatever side he's on, I'll be on his side. <laughs> he's good in it, yeah. He doesn't do that much, but he just, he gets drunk and get, plays a drunk guy for a bit, which is good <laughs> acting. very sort of a uncle character. In yeah, the film, a uncle, isn't he? 
Yeah, and, and Kurt Russell's brilliant, and he really is. You know, it's like I said, he's got a bit of a reputation of being corny. There's a bit in the American Office where Michael Scott's gonna. I think it's in the scene where he's gonna try to be nice to Toby, who's somebody he he hates, right. and uh, he says, "You're gonna see some world class acting, Kurt Russell." Uh, eat your heart out or something like that <laughs> you know like that's his idea of world class acting yeah. he's, a, he's a really phenomenal actor he's, he's good really in this good. He is good. yeah he's really good in this and um, like I said it's good when he freaks out isn't it and he's yeah. like yeah. I know I'm real or whatever I can't remember exactly what he says but he's somewhat along those lines um, I am alive yeah, that's yeah. It, yeah. And, and I think I do really like that because I also like that I like the mechanism of telling the story in reverse a little bit or mm. you know where he ends up and he's got the mask so you don't know if that surgery is actually miraculously cured him or if he's still um, disfigured and I do like generally speaking as a, as a storytelling device I like the idea of you know somebody's in an interview telling the story of the film yeah because you know it's going to go wrong but you're just waiting Man, to find imagine if you see an interview with a vampire <laughs> <laughs> that is genuinely a really good film like high camp I like that film I great like film, I've got it on DVD yeah. or I had it on DVD I can't remember it's Sorry, one I'll rewatch every three years and go actually this is really good <laughs> yeah you know? Tom Cruise is in that as well isn't he, he yeah Lestat the crazy the vampire in that and it's got that boobs in it almost I, a decade I saw it when I was far too young to watch it <laughs> <laughs> same yeah same actually like this is way too much I think, I, I think it was the last film that gave me a nightmare when I was a little kid I think I saw it when I was like eight. <laughs> and I shouldn't have been watching that film at eight. <laughs> um, really good film. So you, so can I? So if I'm right in saying you like, you like the story, you like the narrative structure of this film. Is that correct? Yeah. Do you I like do. the concept then of it being a guy who basically is dreaming in his frozen vat of cryogenic freezing? This. I do, and it's it, there's a there's a long history of kind of the philosophical question if you want to call it that um, that comes to at the end I can't remember the name of the philosopher but he basically concluded that well so here's here's obviously the scenario in the end of the film kind of like the Matrix really you know would you rather live a fake perfect life or your real life uh, with all its awfulness but it's real and I can't remember the philosopher but he basically concluded that nobody would choose a fake uh, perfect life because they want what's real and I kind of want to ask you German if you're in this position it's one of them probably yeah he's, he's almost certainly nihilistic um, it's Schopenhauer I don't know who it was yeah. I genuinely don't know who it was um, what, would, would you have taken the choice he did to kind of wake up and have your real life with all of its distresses or a fake I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure I think it's that when you know something isn't real you don't buy into it anymore do you but obviously you in the fake life wouldn't know it's fake. Yeah. You would think it's as real as you know. It's the whole thing. He has that dilemma as well, doesn't he? In the Matrix, um, oh, what's the character called who turns on them, who betrays them? Cypher. Cypher, yeah. Cypher? Cypher. Yeah, you it's know, like, you know, Cypher. I could put this snake into my mouth and all that. Although I know it's fake, you know, basically he'd really like, he yeah. really likes to taste it. I can't remember the line. Yeah, but, and he wants to yeah. go back. He realises that he's made a mistake. He's basically yeah. had that moral quandary chosen exactly. the real life and then gone no I, I want the fake life back yeah. personally I don't know Sam because I'm never I'm never going to be faced with that that situation you know it's well that's that's a, that's an answer to any thought experiment isn't well, it well yeah because <laughs> well I mean did you never do well, philosophy well I can see the benefits <laughs> I mean if I could have my memory wiped again like what he had then maybe I might choose the fake life but he's I mean in this film his character clearly rejects that fake life because yeah, yeah. it goes out of its way to swap the 
like he thinks like all of a sudden um Sophia turns into Julie and she and calls herself or is called Sophia and he thinks and he murders her because he's going crazy so there's clearly a part of him who's rejecting the lucid yeah dream. I suppose if you've gone through that you wouldn't go yeah sign me up for the fake life you've probably figured out all the all the wrinkles in that system now yeah sign me up for this again you know you wouldn't want that again would you no um, and I you know you understand his decision at the end don't you to to want to wake up I think he can't he doesn't want to be, you know. I think he's seen what. Oh, he kind. Of, I think he's a guy who's kind of got what he wanted, and then it's, and he's kind of rejected it. So he wants the, a real life, doesn't he? Yeah, and and I think most people would. Yeah. But it is tempting to sort of think, you know. Although there's one bit so I don't right now, somebody agree said with. To you, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna inject you right now, and you wake up and you are exactly as you are now. Um, but. Hold on, there's a knock at the door. Oh, who's this? It's Jennifer Lawrence, and she says she wants your babies. And oh god, and the, the podcast yeah. has really taken off. <laughs> and for yeah. some reason, you're making a million pounds a month from the podcast, you know, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And um, and, it, and it doesn't seem or not real to you at the time, but it is just blissful existence. Really. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing I don't agree with it when he's his uh, tech support guys like he says two things that seem unrealistic he says oh your money won't be worth as much out here anymore and it's like how and he's it's been accumulating 150 years worth of interest the guys he'd ri- have it in compound interest series, <laughs> he'd be but, richer know. than God <laughs> <laughs> even the cost of keeping him alive would have been easily covered and then he's like he's like basically saying I'll you know he's saying goodbye to him it's like well like you're just out on the outside when he wakes up it's like that guy waking you up. <laughs> well, he's dead. He'd be dead, wouldn't he? It's 150 years later, so... No, but the guy... Oh, did he speak to that guy in the back 150 years ago? Yeah, I thought he was yeah. alive in the present, so to speak. No, he was alive in his... When he originally went under. When right. he Because he signed a contract with that guy, didn't he? Right, right, right. Sorry, I misinterpreted. So, yeah, that's just nitpicking from me on that spot. <laughs> um, yeah, so... So, you like the structure. You liked... You like? Do you like the? Do you like the underlying premise of you know basically committing suicide and and uh, getting your body frozen <laughs> in the hope of a better life? Because you never know. I, things I, might have moved on in 150 years. You might have been able to have better plastic surgery or. I would have preferred it if it, if he hadn't actually died and then been put in. It's much better if he was comatose, let's say, from from his attempt and then went in. Because I'm just thinking, you know, if you if you pass if you're knocked unconscious and you don't get oxygen to your, to your brain for a couple of minutes, that could be permanent brain damage. So it, it, that kinda of, I was like, oh, okay, so I guess maybe in the future they can figure that out. But he's already part of him is already gone. If they're gonna take an hour to get him into the cryo uh, from him actually di- actually dying. Yeah, you know, I was expecting to be more like um, it's some brain damage that up your face. <laughs> <laughs> more just like that 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 show upload that I kind of raved about. Oh and like, yeah. yeah, it's okay. Um, like that's a, that's a show that I actually really love at the time. But you're right that actually that I don't bad. think about it. <laughs> but but the idea was that you have to get there where you're gonna die, but you're not dead yet. Yeah, yeah, because he had to make a choice, didn't he? If he wanted to go up or not. That was quite. That's, yeah. That bit was actually quite funny because they take his head and it's really dramatic and distressing. <laughs> Destroying. <laughs> just basically kills him. Um, yeah, so. Oh, I'm glad. I'm surprised. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised you liked this film as much as you did. I didn't think you were going to enjoy it. But I, I thought it was going to be a bit. Hard work. Worse than it was. <laughs> yeah, or. Yeah, it's something. I mean, I know that. I understand that it's not high art and that it's, you know, you could talk to 
certain cinephiles, self-proclaimed cinephiles, and they would look down on it. But yeah. I just enjoyed it for what it was, and it did ask interesting questions and didn't do too many things that you'd never seen before. But you know, it was like a good, it's like a decent episode of Black Mirror, but a feature length. Yeah, or like the Twilight Zone or something. And the fact yeah. that this character has to have some means to be able to do what he does, so yeah, you've kind true. of got to go with somebody who's quite a bit of an arsehole and he's a bit rich well you'd have to go with and with those characters arsehole, there's but... always a redemption where yeah again he's not he's not an irredeemable prick because he wouldn't care if he died or not but yeah you know the idea that like you said he goes for someone like Sophia who I mean she's still drop dead gorgeous and yeah and talented and all that but um is she but yeah, a manic, she's not, is she she's a manic not... pixie dream girl sort of character she's like a, a bit, latin version she's a bit <laughs> yeah she's a bit perfect isn't she do you know what i mean she's yeah. like a dancer and she's beautiful and she's got this night it looks like she's got quite a nice life and she's clearly had a, an interesting life and she's got that wholesome family values and definitely and you kind of question her motives a little bit because if he wasn't if he was either less good looking or less rich you do wonder obviously yeah. she's the sort of character you go well she sees through all that and she sees he's got a good soul but Probably Brian's a better guy than he is, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because he's still a rich prick, <laughs> you know. But um, yes, there's a. I can, she, there's probably a hundred million reasons why she should stay with him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah, I did, sure. I did see an article in the in the on the news the other day where um, a man who his ex girlfriend poured acid on his face and blinded him, and his face got completely messed up, and he got married to somebody who was normal looking and. She was quite, she's quite pretty. So it does well, happen. Yeah, but you he was good. good he was quite good looking before his face got totally messed up. And that's it. What we were saying about you know, but she didn't know him before that. Like Sophia and Brian want him to just get not get over it, but you know, don't change who you are. We don't care that your face is messed up and your arms destroyed or whatever. Like yeah, it's, it's you that's got the problem that's going to ruin it. Yeah, it's a bit you know, like um, ruin it for yourself. It's a bit like. Narcissus, isn't it? You know what I mean. Except in this case, he he doesn't die because of his vanity, but he thinks his vanity or he thinks his his good looks are his part of his success, so yes, to speak. And then, exactly, yeah. So and he's uh, yeah, and like yeah, I said, exactly. his friend is saying that's not important. Sorry, yeah, go on, yeah, and, yeah. and, and that's it. And the only reason it's going to affect things is if he lets it affect things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's. Um, is there anything you didn't like about this film? Um, I'm sort of like the the good and I've kind of covered the good and the bad I suppose like I say that it wasn't it wasn't that hard to predict some things or to know when it was in a dreamland the fact that it's very much of a time of its time as well is a little bit of a criticism in the sense that of how well it ages as a film right okay but no I don't really have many criticisms there's nothing that's like glaringly obvious I think you're right a lot of the dialogue's not inspire it's not Aaron Sorkin but you know not many things are Um, so no I I don't have like a glaring like this is a really this ruined the film for me yeah I don't think yeah I think again as I said watching it today this could have done with a better script I think there's 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 a good story here like you said a bit of a black mirror kind of universe sort of thing going on there's a good script there's a good premise there's a good you know there's a good like I like the sort of you know love triangle Trish thing you know you could make this film quite a you know a romantic film with him and Sophia you know what I mean there is that element there that could be I think it just needed a better and this is no disrespect to the director and the writers of the the Spanish film but the, the, the like I think because it's a Hollywood blockbuster 
when the dialogue comes across as clunky as this does, I think it looks bad. When you've got it in, say, a small little indie European film, that it comes across as natural because everything else is is sort of natural around it. You know, it's lower budget, so things don't seem as forced. But I think when you've got a high budget, I think it could have it could have done with like a treatment from like a, a good writer. Yeah, just a little, just a little touching up. Or and you know, it's it's credit you know, to Cameron Crowe to actually write and direct this thing. So yeah, you know, lots yeah, of, lots there's of, just some cringy lines. The, the, it's the ones in the car that Cameron Diaz, bless her, she has to say in that film. And, uh, I know what you mean, although she is supposed to be demented, so it's hard to know if it's cringy or actually you're supposed to go, yeah, this this is, she's obviously not sane. Yeah, she's not sane, is she? She's good in this Cameron Diaz, actually. She's, she comes in, messes things up and then fucks off. <laughs> she's know? sort of channeling Glenn Close or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, yeah, it's hard to know if, if it's bad writing or the character sort of dramatically... Oh, it's just the dialogue's just a bit clunky. It's just silly dialogue. I just didn't. Yeah, that's the only thing I didn't like about this film is the dialogue's bad. Quite honestly, that's fair. I think it's a fair enough criticism. Right, it wasn't. It wasn't that great. Yeah. No. Yeah. No worries. But yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I'm surprised you liked it as much as you did. Actually. Uh, right. Okay. Let's move Me on too. to favorite scenes. Favorite scenes, Sam. Favorite scenes. I found that hard to hard to put down. Really. I mean. Um, there were some things. There was, I suppose, as a criticism. Just while I'm on it, things like when they're at the nightclub. I get the. I get that what they were trying to do with kind of showing him to be messed up and ruining it. But I think that could have been done better. And I don't know how. Um, for its significance, I did like the car crash scene and how kind of crazed mm. she became and yeah. the the kind of horror of yeah completely being at the mercy of somebody who's at the wheel who is unhinged and wants to do you harm and when you realise what she wants to do I you know I did actually quite like that scene so I'll go with the car yeah, she's, she's, in the end she's a very tragic figure really isn't she because oh, she's yeah, massively. you know the saddest girl who what is the saddest it's old martini because <laughs> in the end her, like if you look at the film from her point of view her boyfriend essentially who doesn't want to be her boyfriend doesn't gets with her gets with somebody else and um She's so sad she decides to kill herself and, and tries to take him with her, you know, murder-suicide. Yeah. yeah. Like, from that point of view, it's quite I, I would dark. say an overreaction. Yes. And uh, not a great <laughs> musician either, sadly. Apparently, although, <laughs> apparently that is actually Cameron Diaz singing that song, but it's credited as uh, the character. Um, yeah, as Julie uh, Gianni, yeah. Um, so, my favourite scene... Yeah, there isn't a lot of because the films the film moves at quite a pace actually. For it's, it's quite a long film, but there's not that many scenes that last more than five minutes that I can think of. Yeah, it's a le- it's a film of decent length, but it's yeah, it doesn't. No, really that, say it's that's and that's probably a praise of it actually that the pace is quite quick. So I just ended up going with my favourite scene, kind of being the one at the beginning. You know, when he's going around New York, that is it's very striking, oh, yeah. isn't it? You never see those places empty. It is yeah, iconic. And he's running through Times Square and all that. That must have been so much fun to film as well. And I bet when they finished that when they finished making that bit and they had, you know, the final version of it, they must have thought they must have thought they'd done something incredible. <laughs> Quite honestly. That is one of those things where, yeah, right in that you go, Okay, so we're gonna just close off Times Square. That's fine, isn't it? Yeah, you you can tell you can call a guy. Uh, let's just that'll be our our plan number one, but we'll know that it's not necessarily gonna pan out I'll the give, way we uh, like it. Trump's lawyer Rudy Giuliani a call. 
He was, and he was a bit of a hero for a lot of people because he'd uh, done a lot of good for that city. Yeah. Now he's some sort of wretched... Yeah, he's melting, Dean. Yeah, I mean, he's grotty, isn't he? <laughs> when I look at him, I see that word grotty. That's all, that's all I see. <laughs> that's, yeah. How, I mean, is it worth it? How much money is he getting? And is it worth ruining your entire reputation? Who knows? So he can eat in a... What is it? So he can eat in a fancier cafeteria. As they say in this film. Uh, You've seen Borat, haven't you? By the way, sorry to interrupt. I know you're going to move on, but have you seen him in Borat too? Not yet. No, I've been, I've been waiting. I've been holding. I've been waiting on to watch that little gem. Maybe we'll watch that for the show. Maybe seems like a good idea. Uh, Yeah. So speaking of favorite line or lines from the film, what's your favorite line or lines from this film? There were some good ones, and I did like it when they repeated lines. That was kind of the kind of deja vu, matrixy sort of vibe where you realise that it's not. They're not all separate people. But I just really like the line. They were on the rooftop, I think, at the time where David says, look at us, I'm frozen and you're dead and I love you. <laughs> Do you know it what? A problem. That's the same line I had as my favourite one as well. Yeah, I thought it would be, yeah. There's some good ones that are just like, you know, the sweet and the sour and all that sort of stuff yeah. that are quite good. But that was just <laughs> a really funny knowing yeah. line. I kind of, I like that though because it's funny, but in a... Unfortunately, it was funny in a bad way. I thought at that at that moment, right? Like I kind of burst out laughing in a cringy sort of. Oh, that's 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 not good, is it? <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, that's silly. Um, although he's right, and you know, like um, if I was him, I'd be like, oh, so it's been 150 years. So what happened to that, my friends and the girl that I was. Only he doesn't go. He doesn't go through with. that at all, does he? That's not a not yeah. in consideration, because yeah, what what world are you coming out to? Is it war torn? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, the ice caps melted. Is it like idiocracy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's a very yeah. there's a this is a very much in an era of say American Beauty and and those kind of films where. Um, you have a lot of these lines, you know, so like Sophia saying, "Every passing minute is another chance to turn it all around," like that yeah. sort of like little. I see this as a late nineties film rather than an early like basically you know it's late nineties millennial kind of time where yeah, I suppose like, the original was made in the late nineties wasn't it yeah, so true. it's so it's kind of gonna have that hangover isn't it yeah and it's only two thousand one I mean it's I always think the first couple of years of a new decade always feel like the last few years of the previous exactly decade. yeah exactly I'm sure that I'm sure nineteen sixty two was basically nineteen fifty nine and a bit <laughs> you know it's very <laughs> and yeah the other line that. Because yeah, like the the whole soundtrack is very nineties. The whole like, I don't know. There's something very. I suppose the word is maybe pseudo intellectual about it. Yes, you know? that's that's a fair point. Yeah, um, although I wouldn't say that they try to be too clever. They just have a premise, don't they, and run with it. They're not trying to. They you know they're not mentioning like philosophy or anything like that they're not talking about big ideas it's just this one simple thing and it's run with it and they say and the only kind of pseudo intellectualism stuff is like oh we take like ideas from things that you like you know like the Monet and the and the, I tell you uh, what, actually, an album cover so this, this is that. obviously we're next to our favourite shot my favourite shot was 
where they're recreating the Bob Dylan cover because I felt so smug about immediately recognising it. Like I didn't need him to oh, tell me you? later. I was I was almost disappointed that it showed it later because I was like, yeah, I know that's the that was when I really knew it was a dream because I was like, well, I recognise that. I recognise that VW in the background and that coat. As soon as right, I saw that coat, right. I was like, hang on a second, what's happening here? It's snowy, uh, and I got it straight yeah. away. And I thought, oh, there's been lots of occasions where he'd been wearing like weirdly incongruous '60s or '70s or '80s outfits. I wonder if I've missed some other. Um, album covers as soon as I saw that maybe I, was, I, was like, yes. I think there was one other wasn't there and I can't well, remember well there's the there was uh, there's what's a, that there's album called Cause that's freewheeling Bob Dylan I tell you what I'm glad I didn't ask that as a question I thought that was going to be <laughs> I thought it was going to be one I just, just got it straight away so I was like oh yeah is yeah. that, uh, but I did kind of go is that Blonde on Blonde is that you know Blood on the Tracks and then it took me a little while to kind of like get the right album cover but yeah big fun well done well done um, cheers mate the only other line that I had was I'll see you in another life when we are both cats. Yeah. And apparently that was a line that um, I think Penelope Cruz was a bit mad with the director, <laughs> Cameron Crowe, and apparently she said that to him, so he thought he'd put it in the film. Interesting. Yeah, so that's why it's... And again, it's one of those lines that gets called back in it, like the sweet and the sour and mm. stuff. But uh, yeah. Um, and then finally for this section, uh, favourite shot song. Yeah, so that was my favourite shot, the, uh, the album cover. Uh, the album cover. Just because of the okay. smugness, I felt. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, for me, it was a toss-up between the vanilla sky itself from the Monet yeah. painting, at, with the bit when he wakes up in the morning and it's all iridescent as we decided that's what we're calling it. <laughs> Although it's not, it's like an Instagram filter, isn't it? Um, um and the one that I always really liked, and I think this is the only, I think it's one of the few shots that's like taken directly from the original film, is the bit where he opens his opens his eye at the end. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I really like that. That's, yeah, and I've gone for the, that. Is a, again very nineties, very turn of the century, um, a close up of an eye to start a film or end a <laughs> film. That is, really? it's a bit overdone, really. Um, no, and, and obviously, and again, in terms of the marketing and so on. Well, they are the window to the soul. I, I, I didn't like that it was called Vanilla Sky because of the kind of ruined it. And also the fact that all I knew of this film was him standing at the top of a tall building, kind of Matrix style. And knowing right. that that was coming, it was kind of like I started to piece together maybe. I didn't really make sense. But like, as soon as you get in the lift, I'm like, oh, well, that's going to be that final bit <laughs> that's in the, all the trailers and the, on the poster and all that. I kind of hated that. Because that, that made me think mm. the film was going to be something else and then kind of ruined that moment when it came. Oh, dear. That's why I don't love oh, trails. Um, okay, so we're going to go for a break. Well, before or we do, we? before we do, I want to kind of put a question mm-hmm. to you. We like to throw some questions okay. at each other. And it's a bit of a social Ooh, media moment, questions. but it's also just a, a question to you. This is obviously, yeah. it could be described as a head fuck film, let's say. Uh, the question for yeah. you, and I think I know the answer here. Do you like these mind folk head fuck films to be kind of neatly wrapped up where it explains to you all the mechanisms of it, basically, even if there's some ambiguities? Or do you like them when they're thoroughly ambiguous and actually you don't get told at the end? what it's all about so are you thinking like sort of Inception is he awake is he asleep no because I think Inception is very much like wrapped up in the sense of it's it's devices explained to you but it's not surreal I'm thinking more like David Lynch uh, of a case of like right actually you don't even know what's real and what's not real see this is I've not really watched much David Lynch stuff 
So see, I need this, to. I, I don't know. Be, this might be wasted on me. I think more just like films where you don't really know what's going on. Whereas Inception, you might have questions and be like, "Oh, is can you give me a few examples?" Sorry to be so pernickety. I, I, I should have come up with more examples first. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't think of any. Did you have some social media stuff for this? I do. That... Yeah, so I've got some social media for it. Um, Go on then. But uh, yeah, like nothing. Again, some of the films. Are Let actually... me hear what other. Let's hear what other people have to say, and then I'll consider my position sure okay so, so we've got in fact so we are planning on a, a whole new guest uh, next week the wonderful Ooh. Riley and Riley says yeah. that this is an amazing question so thank you Riley um, don't need to read out our response just got the compliment no I, I will read out the response <laughs> <laughs> and Riley says that uh, she thinks both na- types of narrative can serve as great stories for different reasons film bro bullshit aside I did enjoy Fight Club for its direct approaches toward a mindfuck of an ending and Inception has great set pieces and cinematography even though the narrative isn't always the best so I do think Inception and, and Fight Club are very much in that kind of like we understand do you think of a uh, film like Memento maybe in this category no again that's very that's much explained like, yeah to it's more like but, do, but, but has he killed the right person because for all we know he could have killed some that's, his friend and but that's more him. like um, keeps you guessing so much, not so much as like what's real and what's not real and, and all that sort of stuff uh, Riley goes on to say movies of moral and symbolic ambiguity like The Lighthouse are great because sometimes I like sitting with my thoughts and really pondering what the entire point is because I know my opinion and interpretation of movies like The Lighthouse will not entirely be the same as others with that said I'm a simple lady and I prefer to enjoy fun cinematography and set pieces that serve to enhance the story as opposed to obscuring it so I prefer them generally neatly wrapped uh, and I think that's a really good way of putting it um, Akash Singh mentioned Angel Heart I don't know if you've seen Angel Heart uh, nor have I I've this, but I, th- I assume that was maybe a proper mindfuck one um, Johnny Del Monico said I definitely lean ambiguous but a nice package that is tightly and thoughtfully wrapped up can be really great too gonna... I just need some examples of films that are super ambiguous I really can't think off the top of my head outside of David Lynch listener please tell us like uh, I've got I've got a Google thing open up here I mean um, I don't really know. Like a lot of these are just kind of wrapped up nicely. So, I mean, it's, I haven't seen Twelve Monkeys, but I, mean, I know like, that I know that Terry Gilliam is a bit of a oh. kind of mindfuck. Um, in Brazil. I've seen Twelve Monkeys, but I can't remember if it's a head fuck at the end. So, have you seen no David Lynch like Mulholland Drive or Blue Velvet or anything like that? Yes, yeah, this is no, a I've tricky not seen thing. Any of his stuff that I'm aware of. So, oh, did he do the original June? Uh, yes, they did. Yeah, but that's kind of I've seen bits of that. Different kind of thing. But it's not. Yeah, not this kind of same thing. Um, if you can give us some solid examples, <laughs> maybe I'll have a think. Yeah, uh, but I think in general um, terms, we'll do that. in general terms, if, you know, would you rather a, f- a surreal film like Vanilla Sky? By the end of it, you understand the basics of it. So, for example, I mean, in Mulholland Drive, if I remember correctly, at one point I haven't seen it. At one point, one of the main characters kind of becomes a different character almost like a dream where it switches but it's not by the end you don't go and all this time that character was dreaming and this is why like it's totally open to interpretation just never explained um I, I can't think of any films off the top of my head that kind of fall into the opposite realm mm. of this so it's easy just to go yeah I like it when the mechanism's explained I guess just because yeah. it's kind of easier to know what's happening but you could give me five films that don't do it and I'd be like oh yeah they're quality films and who needs it 
Um, I think um, Sidan yeah. uh, Gidial, who's who's uh, I've mentioned a few times on the show actually before, um, oh, yeah. explains it well. They they say that I enjoy both, but I prefer ambiguous. Though too much obscurity can disengage me from a film, and sometimes ambiguity can be just an easy escape for a weak plot. And I agree. There's a lot of yeah. like, you know, David Lynch has inspired quite it's a lot of filmmakers who are like, well, not even that because that would be explaining it more. Just kind of like, oh well, so we'll just throw in some random shit, and then nobody can nobody can complain about plot holes because it's random surrealist shit and I can kind of fall away under that uh, I'm trying to think of stuff where in films that are kind of they tend not to be very fucks. mainstream or you know like films that, that spring to mind again other than David Lynch and I think we're probably the wrong people to talk don't about don't know this. Primer was a bit of a head fuck <laughs> yeah but again um, was, but ultimately, was ultimately explicable you know I mean yeah just let me get my PhD in physics first yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah yeah i don't know some it's i need more solid examples maybe whilst we have a break you can have a have a think yeah and then ben right now is sat at home just listing off examples to us screaming at his, yeah. his ipod and, I, and I think iPod, his phone or his i think for me as much as i as much as tablet. i want to be the kind of person who uh loves David Lynch films and so on I've not seen that many I for me get disengaged too much and Simon just find one on social media um, Simon Fernander yeah. um, says I enjoy both as long as the ambiguous one actually has answers instead of just trying to be Lynchian looking at you lost <laughs> you know. oh right is he saying like something like lost where you just don't really ever get it explained to you why or they have a bad explanation or if lost just didn't have like the last few episodes and you just had to be like <sighs> Well, I'm yeah. never going to know the true, actual answer to I think this, the problem with Lost is they didn't know what they were going to finish it with, so the mystery was more exciting than the, the, uh, so than the answer. The writer What's should in know the box? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Find yeah, out when seven series later. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good question. It's something for me to ponder on. I don't know, Sam, is the honest answer. Yep. Let's go to a okay. break and ponder on it. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This, as if you didn't know. Um, right, so we're going to move on to the critics now, Sam. I'm going to see what people who got paid to do this for a living thought of this film. And we have uh, one shining example above all else. Who would that be? Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. It is indeed. It's our... Uh, friend of the podcast, the much missed Roger Ebert. Um, so this is what Rog, Big Roger, Rog, Snoop Roger, Rog, the notorious ROGs had to say. He said it has one of those plots that doubles back on itself like a Escher staircase. You get along splendidly one step at a time, but when you get to the top floor, you find yourself at the bo- bottom landing. If it is any consolation its hero is as baffled as we are it's not that he has memory loss like the hero of memento but that in a certain sense he may have no real memory at all so rog how many stars do you think rog gave it i think about three three point five yeah yeah three bang on bang on the money yeah he quite liked it 
he thought it was good. Um, yeah, he didn't really have any major criticisms of it. Well, he's, he's rarely ever wrong, so I'll go with Roger yeah. on that. Yeah, he's basically God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is infallible. Uh, except what film is it that he didn't like that we were both surprised at recently? The Master, was it? Yes, he didn't. Was it, it the was, Master? What did he I think he gave it 2.5 or something like that. So yeah, he just wasn't convinced. Yeah. Um, but who? I'll tell you who wasn't convinced by this film. Um, and uh, it's our other friend from the Guardian, not uh, not um, Kermod, but uh, Bradshaw. Mm. Or Bradshaw. Now this Spiky is Bradshaw. From two, this review is, I think, from back in two thousand two. So maybe when the film came out here rather than America. Um, so there's no rev- star review, but you can kind of. Uh, you can get a feeling for what he thinks. He basically, he starts off by saying that Cameron Crowe makes, insists on putting his name as, you know, he wrote this film, but he does, um, that he gives the, some credit to uh, Amentabar, Amenabar, I think is how you pronounce that guy's name, Amenabar, the director of the original, and his co-writer, Matteo Gill, are credited. But this movie... Lofty announces that it was written for the screen and directed by Cameron Crowe. As if Open Your Eyes were some impossibly obscure European source material, like a novel or a cave painting or something. Um, This is a cumbersome and bombastic film, lumbered with pseudo-futuristic ideas. Maybe Crowe's got a taste for these from working with Kubrick. So yeah, he didn't like it. He basically says that Cameron Crowe thinks that he's discovered some obscure European <laughs> sort of source material and kind of dumbing da- dumb it, da- dumbed it down for Hollywood and ruined it and all this jazz and made out that it's obscure when it's not really. It's just in a different country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not um, beyond yeah. it's not beyond criticism. I mean, Will Mockridge no, on no. social media says, "God, I hate Vanilla Sky." And, um, <laughs> as much as I don't I mean, hate it, I kind of I do. You have a reason for hating it? Just that is his essay. I, just, I hate it. Yeah, this is, um, yeah. I mean, at least at least. Bradshaw gives a reason, you know, he thinks it's cumbersome and bombastic, and I think he called it a vanity project for Tom Cruise at the top right. of the article. He wasn't, yeah, he didn't like it, really. He thinks yeah. it's a bit, he thinks it's uh, just not good. It's a film that I enjoyed, but can't defend to my dying breath in that sense. Yeah, yeah, I get your point. Yeah. So, Sam, I think it comes to the most important question of the night, is how many Monet clouds out of ten would you give this film? <laughs> Uh, I I would say 7.5 I think yesterday when I watched it an 8 it's gone down yeah. slightly in the interim but I thought really quite enjoyable film that Mega. so yeah 7.5 good yeah, well, same, I've, same as I've been thinking you know, about the close twits Roger gave it 3 out of 4 yeah. I'll, give it, I'll give it you know the, the equivalent out of 10 yeah I mean I've been thinking about the plot twist of this film for about 15 years so <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I'd probably agree. Yeah, I can't disagree with. Yeah, probably a seven or an eight. It's it's good. It's it's the only thing for me that lets it down since watching it again is its dialogue's fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it really could have done with just a better written film. Mm. You know, with that's it. That's all I want. The, the all the actors can stay. I think all the acting is good in it. Uh, like I said, low key Kurt Russell's brilliant. Um, Tom Cruise. I would. I do wonder if. They could have had somebody other than Tom Cruise. I think sometimes when you watch a Tom Cruise film, is you go, could this film have been better with somebody else? Because mm. Tom Cruise takes up a lot of the sort of your 
yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but it just takes up a lot of your visual space, your thought process, because it's hard to separate, you know, the kind of the person in real life, crazy Tom Cruise who wants to make a film in space <laughs> with this guy trying to play this character. I think it must be like one of the... It must be like the last film or the second to last film where Tom Cruise plays like a romantic sort of character. <laughs> like, after, like I think after like, is it Night and Day with Cameron Diaz? I think that's like the last film where he does like any sort of romance stuff. Like I think he's great when he does stuff like, you know, the Mission Impossibles and all that kind of crazy action stuff where he tries to kill himself. Mm. But when it comes to him being, I'm an actor, darling. You know, it's, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I prefer him... I think it's this is probably the last film where you get Tom Cruise the actor. I think after that, it's Tom Cruise the movie star. Well, I suppose when you hit sort of 50, your leading lady either has to be significantly younger than you and it'd be weird, or have a, like a 40 or 50-year-old leading lady and, and Hollywood doesn't seem to like that idea of like no. a beloved. No one's ever in married, are they? No, <laughs> no one's just, just like, married. I'm just married. married. 10, 15 it, years married. I'll, now, I'll yeah. have a quick look at the, the box office. So it grossed about $200 million. So that's why Tom Cruise is in what it was, as well. That's another... That's another yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but could you think of any other actors who could have been in that role who were a bit more actory, who maybe would have made this film a bit more believable. Like, could you few, imagine the, someone like... Because at, at that time, because obviously now they'll be a bit yeah. older, but I think someone like Jude Law would have been good in this film. You know? Cause yeah, I would have liked that less. I don't really like Jude Law as an actor. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Fair enough. I don't know why, I just don't like well, him. Fair enough. <laughs> Matt Damon, you know that? Or a yeah. Ben Affleck kind of actor could have done a, probably a better job in this, I think. It's got to be somebody who's got those Hollywood film style looks... Yeah. As well. Yeah, because the character's meant to be attractive, isn't he? He's meant to be good looking. I think I'd have liked it less with Ben Affleck. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm just trying to think of actors who could have played that character at who that time. Who were also believably vain enough that, like, getting disfigured like that would be the worst thing that could happen to them. Yeah. I, think, I do think Tom Cruise is, is ideal for it. Yeah. I, I mean, he's crazy enough for it. Yeah, exactly. Could you yeah. imagine? I mean. I think I think the ideal casting, though, let's face it, for this film probably would have been Christian Bale at that time <laughs> after American Psycho, because he can do the crazy, but he can do the charm as well. And he would have been about he would I think he would have maybe would have been a bit too young for it. Sure. He might have been like might have been about he might have been about thirty when this film That's was made. Bit. I'm not sure how old. What year is he born? You'll have to Google it while I do the quiz. I've never been ready. Anyway, yet. Sam, as I just said up top, we're going to do a quiz. So. Here's a quiz. Are you ready? Oh, um... Uh, okay, so question row, one. Row, row, row your what song does Julie have as her I didn't know that because I kind of saw that it was like, life is but a dream, but you don't see that lyric. You know, she cuts off just in time. Yeah. It does indeed. Well done. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Yeah, it's, oh, it's the good, Seven Dwarves. Uh, what name does the board... Oh, right, uh, okay, have oh, then if him. David's back. Oh dear. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. No, that's his name for the board. You're have to fill time What's their I... name for him? Yeah. But like three to four minutes. Give me three to four minutes. Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll fill some time. Um, so. Oh God! I should definitely know this. So the film White oh, Chicks <laughs> as David as <laughs> um, what's his face. Um, <laughs> oh, what's, the, what's the comedian called who just said that on um, Countdown no uh, Thingy did it Richard Ayoade did it on 8 out of 10 does count 
down where the uh, Ashlyn Bean was changing, like doing the thing. She was like, Richard, d- d- you know, c- fill time for me quickly. And he's like, oh yeah, you've got the man for small talk right here. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he says, he does a review of the film uh, like Chicks. <laughs> oh um, yes. It's, it's a film know. we've watched recently. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, it's a very famous f- film. Fucking hell, thank Christ for that. Cry, cry. Let's move on swiftly. Um, <laughs> Question three. He wants to be back what does a... David want to oh, come back as in his know. next life? Uh, what What does he see when you know he's um, totally, doing his murder? totally stumped. I'm totally stumped. What does he look at? That's as much as I'm giving you. Oh, of course. God, yeah. I was sort of like, caught, caught I must have gone like temporarily okay. death. Um, it's a <laughs> birthmark on, on Sophia's boob. Because he looks, he, he looks, doesn't he? <laughs> I couldn't hear it over uh, friction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rub your thighs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Money. Um... Which artist was Money. the inspiration for the clouds Money, and Money. Dream? Sorry? Money. Did you say Money? <laughs> did, did you say Money? Money in the Money. Did you say Money? <laughs> did you say, I think there was an artist called Money, wasn't there as well? Or is that <laughs> There was a Money and a Money and but I, I think you meant uh, Liverpool footballer uh, Sadio Mane if I'm being brutally honest um, knowing you right uh, so yeah well done you got that Go right Benny question ben, five Benny called Ben uh, what Benny was boy. the name of the dog that was frozen in ice and brought back to life and appeared on Conan it wasn't it, yeah let's the do that. Let's it was that. Benny the dog yep to give him his full title yep so you got what a wonderful end to I'll the say episode. four out of five yeah well done I would recommend it. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, yeah, Sam, that was Vanilla Sky. Yes. Yeah. Episode 18, um, remembering that question. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, I would, I would recommend yeah. oh, it. Oh, yeah, I, I yeah. Good. Okay, great stuff. Nice one. Yeah. Next week, uh, we're going to watch a um, film that I've never seen, actually, funnily enough. Um, but it was just a recommendation stuff. from um, our guests. So, Sam, what are we going to watch next week? And I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let her choose, basically. So we're going to have Riley on. A uh, whole new guest for us, um, and we're going to watch the uh, the film Never Let Me Go. I believe based on the Kazuo Ishiguro novel with Kira Knightley in it. I think. What do you know about Never Let Me Go? <laughs> so we're, we're all we're all in dark on this it. one. Couldn't we're going to do that at couldn't. Riley's request, and you no, know, I'm, I'm not we're even looking forward to it. We're going to meet Riley and, and have yeah. a, a, a rollicking good time. Yep, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. I'll I'll just yeah. I'll just be quiet while Riley tells us why she likes it so much. <laughs> what if you don't like it? <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll make for yeah. make for an interesting episode. But that could be awkward, couldn't it? Well, the first time a guest has come on and neither of what if neither of us likes it? That'd be weird, <laughs> wouldn't it? This was a non-ed pilot. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. 
Oh, on broadcast pilot. Well, <laughs> Hugh, you know, that, that's <laughs> a mystery for us all to solve. Nice not We're to looking publish. forward to it. Can't wait to get Riley on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if they want to get into Twitter um, and tell us their thoughts on Never Let Me Go, their theories on Vanilla Sky, maybe recommendations of ambiguous mindfuck films that aren't David Lynch, uh, how could they do that, Hugh? course well what they need to do is they um, <laughs> need to get horribly disfigured in a car accident because then they need the emotional trauma to be able to actually email into us you know and then they need to basically commit suicide and have their cry their frozen frozen in a frozen vat of you know um, <laughs> hydrogen or however they do it <laughs> yeah I'm not sci- I'm, I'm clearly not a scientist <laughs> sorry the um, and then once they're awoken from their uh, dreamlike state what yes. they can then do is yep. they can email us in because uh, <laughs> obviously in 150 years they'll have invented uh, time travelling emails specifically nothing else just emails what about a tweet yeah. fuck off <laughs> yeah they're like we can send this information back but just so tell a us, short email, tell us, no bigger than 500 If that's a bit cumbersome, <laughs> if it's a bit sort of like, you don't want to go through <laughs> yeah. all that, um, can get on social media if you want to, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, at pleasewatchpod. Uh, well, I suppose that is an option. You could all also what would be really good for us, though, listeners, if, if you, you tell, it, tell a friend that uh, you listen to the show and they should listen to it, or give us a review on iTunes... <laughs> yeah, don't just tell a friend you listen to Will it and then they go, okay, should I listen to it? And you go, no. Go, tell them that you, they should listen yeah. to it as well and they should then tell yes. other friends that they should Snowball listen effect. to it. In like a, yeah, in like, you know, like six degrees of separation, get your friend to tell six of their friends. Double figures. And then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can, and this time next year we'll have Let's reached, find out. Let's find out. I don't know, like President Biden's ears. <laughs> You know, like we can time. get someone famous listening who can promote us, you know, that kind of way. That's how it works, Sam, networking. All right, then, Say, listener, I love you, Hugh. Not just a hat rack. Was, is just all a hat right. rack. With you. Just counts um, too. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk at you next week. Yeah, whatever. Bye. Sorry, are we still talking to them? Oh, hi, audience. <laughs> we will. Take care. Bye.